Hey there, did you know that we have a Patreon page? If you go to patreon.com slash Casey Hobbs, you can support our show for as little as $3 per month. Thank you so much for being a part of this. As public theologians, both Duran and I believe that everything about us says something about God and something about the world. The late theologian James Cone phrased it like this, Theology is political language. We're here to figure out what that means here and now. All right, and welcome to episode 15 of Public Theologians. I'm Casey Hobbs, and with me, as usual, is Duran Hill. Duran, how are you today? Doing pretty good, Casey. Um, doing pretty good. Yeah. All right, so I got um, I got a an update on my screen time last week that said that my screen time was down quite a bit from the week before. Um, I don't know if you're having the same sort of um, little bit of ability to step away from the social media world. Things aren't happening quite as quick. Still plenty going on, I suppose, but. Um, have you been have you been able to separate a little bit or, or are you finding other things to grab your attention online these days? Uh, I don't know that my screen time is down, uh, <laughs> although I did take my kids to the eye doctor and, and rec- he recommended they reduce their screen time. But um, I don't I don't know if that applies uh, to me. I've been been watching um, some of the developments to see how. Uh, things are progressing with this uh, wonderful, peaceful transition we've got going on here. Um, and as uh, Biden is, I've I've been reading some things about his potential uh, Defense Department uh, picks, and so yes, my screen time is 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 going up, up, up. If the economy looked like my screen time, I, I think we'd all be in in really great shape. Yeah, I mean. And to be fair, my screen time is still outrageous, uh, even for the kind of high baseline that I typically set. But it's, I'm just saying it's down from like the week before. So I'm probably on par with you. <laughs> um, well, speaking of peaceful transitions uh, to, uh, of, of power um, and whatnot, uh, of course, over this weekend, um, there was the kind of million MAGA march situation in DC. Um, it looks like there is still a, a pretty strong contingent of, I think we can say hashtag resistance from MAGA people now on. Um, steal, Casey, stop the steal. <laughs> um, so, and what particularly one of the kind of most disturbing things from where I sit is just the preponderance of of just kind of the mainstream kind of uh, theologian light um, (laughs) folks that that get to weigh in on these things. Um, There's a very strong conservative movement that um, purports um, to be in the realm of classic Christianity um, and as far as I can tell, um, it's 
it's confusing. Uh, maybe we'll have to um, maybe we'll have to figure it out at some point. But um, we do have a guest today, Duran, um, and our guest uh, has done quite a bit of public work um, in the realm of kind of trying to decipher um, sort of kind of a right wing um, pseudo Christian, I would say. Um, we'll, we'll get his opinion on that, um, uh, kind of opinion makers. Um, so uh, our guest is Daniel Walden. Uh, he's a writer and classic scholar, spends uh, his non-work hours thinking about Thomas, Thomas Tick Marxism, uh, musical theater, and the Michigan Wolverines. Daniel is the author of an, a number of outstanding articles featured in, among other publications, Current Affairs, The Bias Magazine, uh, his writing is thorough, interesting, and on a personal note, uh, it's been invaluable to follow his work um, to kind of get an understanding of these uh, strange arguments, uh, particularly from the religious right. Um, we'll get into that a bit um, in, in a minute, but first, Daniel, thank you for coming on Public Theologians. Yeah, thank you both uh, for having me. Uh, I was yeah, I was thrilled to be invited and uh, uh, really liked uh, what I what uh, the episodes that I've listened to. So uh, this is yeah, this is a great privilege. Thank you. Awesome. Well, I'll uh, I'll start it off on um, on a note that should be should be fun, um, and then we'll, we'll get hopefully into <laughs> different areas too. So I reached out to you um, after I read your recent review of Rod Dreher's book, uh, "Live Not by Lies." Um, it was a scathing review, and from what I can tell uh, from just kind of reading uh, some things and listening to some things that Rod Dreher has written, it seems well-deserved. Um, but after I read your review, um, I found an interview of Dreher because I couldn't quite understand um, still what was going on. <laughs> so I found an interview uh, that actually Al Mohler, uh, who's now a recurring um, character on our podcast, uh, so Al Mohler interviewed Dreyer and I made it about 10 minutes in um, and I gave up. I couldn't quite, uh, I was just, I couldn't understand what was happening. Um, so then I reached out to you on Twitter and asked you on, uh, <laughs> on our podcast. Um, could you give us a brief synopsis of what is going on specifically with that book? And then we'll kind of broaden it out. I don't want to spend too much time on his particular work, but just kind of what is happening with that book? Yeah, sure. So Rod's project for the last um, few years, um, basically uh, he, he came out with um, this, his first book, The Benedict Option in 2017. Um, it was sort of widely promoted. He, it, he claims to be sort of operating in the, tr in the tradition of Alistair McIntyre, who is, you know, an, ex an extremely famous and influential uh, Christian philosopher. Um, and he's, he's in the Benedict option. He's, he basically says, um, you know, conservative Christians have lo basically lost the culture war, lost the American culture war. This it's sort of his, you know, we got to wave the white flag and, <clears throat> come and form, you know, these kind of inward facing communities 
where we can, you know, go, you know, basically, you know, keep our heads low and off and, you know, out of public life as much as possible and sort and sort of nurture a, the kind of culturally conservative uh, Christianity that, that, that is, you know, that, that, that we, that they want to nurture. And um, it, you know, it got, it got a ton of press. It got adulating reviews from people who really, really ought to know better. Um, And his follow-up to this uh, is there's the, his latest book, Live Not By Lies, um, which is the product of several more years of sort of increasing online derangement on Rod's part. One of the, what are the characteristics of that has marked Rod's work for years now is that basically he has the remarkable ability to meme himself into believing very nearly anything. Uh, and uh, so he, he, he will like sort of fuel his own paranoid fantasies uh, and then come to believe them. Absolutely. I mean, I don't think this is a cynical book. I think he absolutely believes this because the, the because it, Rod Rod Dreher's ability to lie to himself and and to get himself to believe it is unsurpassed in basically anyone I've ever read. Um, and I mean it's it, it it's 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 in some ways a you know a particularly intense microcosm of the complex that has characterized uh, right wing American Christianity over the past. 40 years or so um which is uh being culturally and economically and politically quite powerful uh holding a ton of the cards and being an and being the world's sorest winner about the whole thing um you know it it it, it takes a special kind of ingenuity to invent a persecution in uh in an era in which you control multiple branches of government um and you know, and and of course, this isn't new. What what is interesting though is that like so Rod's original proposal uh, in the Benedict option is basically let's undo the moral majority, let's undo the the Falwell Robertson, uh, you know Cardinal O'Connor um, sort of ecumenical conservative consensus uh, because we because we 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 formed that to fight the culture war and we basically lost. Uh, so let's let's uh, let's undo that. Let's uh, let's dismantle our relationship with uh, political with sort of um, with the 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 large apparatus of the state, and let's uh, you know turn inward. And to live out by lies uh, <clears throat> sort of revises that because he he says, oh, actually. Um, the state is uh, not going to let us live peacefully. So here's how. To, so here's how to, to you know hashtag resist. Um, the signs he reads of the state not you know not letting conservative Christians live peacefully are is really sort of the tell because those signs are um, that uh, you know uh, LGBT people get treated with a modicum more dignity in public life, and uh, that uh, <clears throat> that the you know, and that the news, uh, and that the news uh, actually uh, makes it an item when black people are murdered by the state. Um, 
uh, <clears throat> the, the, Rod seems to resent this a lot, and he takes he takes great pains uh, to disavow this, uh, and may successfully do so for like a week or so, and then he'll write another blog post that is just absolutely frothing at the mouth um, about, you know, I don't know, uh, uh, a sitcom had a trans person on it or something. Um, and this is the level of thing that sets him off. It's, it's a, and, and, you know, he displays very little, um, you know, conscientiousness of the things that affect actual working class, low income people. Uh, and and he uh, and and his sole concerns are these kinds of culture war battles that uh, you know again you know we're this it's 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 like we're back in 1996 or something and you know things things that you know things that would threaten to to you know, upset you know the 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 lifestyle of a college educated upper middle upper middle class upper class um, you know you know it's basically you know professional managerial class uh, writer and people like him, people in his social circle. Um, and so, and you know, that's, that's, I mean, among the many reasons that I find it really sort of hard to take this project seriously. I mean, because his whole de- framing devices in, in Live Not By Lies is that like, we can find parallels for our current situation in, the, in like the situation of, uh, di- of dissidents from Soviet bloc countries. Yeah, um, that, that gets into his, um this really bizarre um, thing that he terms soft totalitarianism. Um, <laughs> and I saw that you had um, had some things to say about that in, in your review. And um, he brought that up within a, you know, the first few minutes in the, the interview that I listened to. Um, yeah, can you tell us what, what the hell is going on with this phrase? So, what is soft totalitarianism? <laughs> um i mean i could think of an intelligent way to talk about this which is which is you know if if which is to you know talk about like the uh you know uh, the marxist critique of ideology because that 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 is a form of 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 totalizing uh of of sort of of totalizing limitation on the 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 range of acceptable thought and speech however this is absolutely not what rod is getting at um his complaint amounts to the same, basically the same thing that we've heard again, you know, since, since the night, since the eighties and nineties, uh, it's, it's basically, it's basically, you know, warmed the warmed over conservative political correctness discourse from, you know, the heyday of Rush Limbaugh, um, uh, you know, give given, give it a new gloss, uh, give it a new gloss. Although with, I, strike it shockingly little having changed i mean mm. the the you know even even in the even in the sort of uh the hades the hades of the culture wars in the 90s the go-to uh comparanda were always you know oh well, this is what it was like in the soviet in, in you know under, under the soviet union blah 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 um people were people were persecuted uh and 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 could only you know for saying certain things for wearing certain kinds of clothes for consuming certain kinds of media um and as I said, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not here to, you know, discredit the, the witness of people who were persecuted under single party rule. Sure. Uh, uh, 
think that you know there were a lot of things that happened that were extremely objectionable. Um, but uh, it's also sort of telling that the 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 shape of the argument is basically identical to what it was 25 years ago. Um, there's I don't think there's anything new here. Um, I don't think he's really saying anything new. Um, but but th this is how the conservative media cycle operates. Uh, you know, every, everybody has to write the same book every 15 to 20 years or so, you know, and, 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 and Rod's sort of pairing it with the, Bene with the Benedict option and saying, you know, well, this, this is a threat to our sort of ways of living small and living communally. Um, let's him sell it to, it, it, it lets him sell it to a, a uh, a, an American Christianity that is increasingly aware of the dangers, uh, not, actually not, the, the, of the, the problems, the, 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 the social and spiritual dangers of living under capitalism. Um, the, 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 the deep uh, sort of the, the, the deep perversion uh, of a justice system that, that premises the safety of uh, some people, you know, namely, namely wealthy white people, and 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 mortgages the lives of 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 racial and sexual minorities in order to do that. People are increasingly aware that this is monstrous, and and are are looking for sort of other ways of living. Um, and there's is an there is an increase in interest in sort of more communitarian social arrangements, more sort of lo more localism. Um, <clears throat> And uh, so he, uh, so he wants to sort of market it to that. To say, well, this is this is a threat to localism. Uh, this is a threat to our living the way we want to. Uh, but again, the localism that Rod Dreher is peddling is the localism of states' rights. It's it's the localism of of you know you can't tell us uh, that we you can't tell us that we have to let black people dine in the same restaurants that we do. Um, it's you know you can't tell us that we have that we have to uh, treat uh, you know transgender children with dignity and you know uphold uh, the actual medical consensus on 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 on, on helping them and 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 and, tre and treating their difficulties. Uh, it's 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 a it's a localism that that says you know that looks to the sort of supremacy the the absolute rule of whatever the local custom happens to be uh whether it is just or not it totally makes sense and and to kind of move off of that um off of the particular argument that that he's making there um so daniel you've spent uh what seems like an ungodly amount of time reading and interacting with right what kind of a right-wing ideology um, from Dreyer to Matt Walsh, Ben Shapiro, Glenn Beck. Um, what do you think the central theme is that binds all these together? Is it just that grievance kind of politics? Um, is it something more? And then um, kind of a follow-up to that, how might we understand, how might kind of understanding their argument um, kind of help us understand the fear and anger um, that people on the right are feeling? Like, I think of my friends and family um, and, you know, my, uh, from the conservative communities that I grew up in um, and just 
so much of the interactions that I'm seeing are just anger and fear. Um, anyways, maybe if you can speak to, I'd hate to put you on the spot to summarize all of their viewpoints with one kind of thing, but maybe. Um, I, 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 actually, I actually think it can be, um, but th this, this, this formulation is not original to me. Uh, this is, this is, this is a, a formulation by a guy named Frank Wilhoyt. Um, which I, I, I believe he, he formulated this in, a, in, a, in, a, in an internet comment section, but it, it is really one of the most brilliant uh, sum, summaries of conservatism that I've ever read. I, I, I was introduced to it by uh, <clears throat> by uh, Matthew Sitman and Sam Adler Bell at the over over at the Know Your Enemy podcast, which is a wonderful podcast about the American right. Um, but it, it it goes like this: it, Will Hoyt says, conservatism consists of exactly one proposition, to wit. There must be in-groups whom the law protects but does not bind alongside out-groups whom the law binds but does not protect. Uh, and I think that really captures the whole thing. That it, it, and, and I mean, I think more in a more detailed way, uh, you can find this in, like, in the work of Corey Robin. Um, I think uh, his, uh, Corey Robin's The Reactionary Mind is, is, a, is a really, really excellent um, study in this so that what is what they're really concerned with is the, the preservation of the private exercise of power um uh which is <clears throat> and i think uh, the the that that qualifier the private exercise of power i think is really important here um they're less concerned about social inequalities um what it, what they are most concerned with is the day-to-day -day personal private exercise of the power of some people over others. Um, the, uh, in preserving that personal um, privilege, um, that personal authority of the people who traditionally wield it, which is to say, which is to say you know, white, straight, cisgender men. Um, and that I think starts to make sense of these wildly sort of variegated currents of conservatism. Um, and I mean, I think um, <clears throat> because the, it, it, a lot, it, 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 it links both the kind of religious traditionalist um, wing with the, I, we might call sort of the, the libertarian like um, property rights wing. Um, <clears throat> Because I think I think the, uh, fundamentally they are all concerned with with preserving the sort of private sphere in which they can exercise power over other people, um, and I mean the the you know the 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 religious the various sort of religious um, religiously conservative um, groups most of them signed on to this in the eight in like the in like the seventies uh, late seventies with the, the the sort of formation of the moral majority and the, um, the, the, the Christian right as a political force. Um, and uh, you know, they, they, they really haven't let go of it. And, and I mean, there's a number, I mean, there, there's a number of ways in which that has changed, in which the shape of that has changed. Um, uh, Elizabeth Brunig, writing in the New York Times, had noted, wrote a piece recently that talked, said, basically said, saying that um, uh, 
like right wing evangelicals have be, have become bit have become much more a political identity than a religious one, mm-hmm. um, and um, and the, and but the, and then the, sim- similar things happen in other in uh, in, uh, in other religious groups as well. Uh, she, uh, she's also noted that <clears throat> self-identified Democrat and Republican Catholics behave identically uh, to their non-Catholic Democrat and Republic Democrat or Republican identified peers. So there's no there's no real difference in their voting behavior. Um, and you know, it's it's a uh, it's, it's so I think it's a, broad, it's a broader symptom of the way um, the, the 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 way that religious life in America has changed pretty dramatically, um, or maybe the ways in which we are now a little more aware of the ways of of the of of these dimensions of American religious life and how it interacts with American public life. Yeah, the the quiet parts are being said out loud a bit more maybe a bit more obvious as it kind of cycles around several times in our own lifetimes. <laughs> yeah, no, certainly the, I think the, the real um, dilemma is the, the, the real dilemma I think remains, you know, this, the same as it, as it was, although this, this identity has this sort of Christian conservative identity has shifted into uh, a much more straightforwardly political one, and you know, and we see this as well in the proliferation of, you know, these sort of various um, election conspiracy theories. Um, I mean, I, I have a I have a, a good friend um, who, uh, who who comes out of a, you know, a, a quite conservative reformed um, tradition in, in in West Michigan, you know, with all there's like ten thousand different Dutch reformed churches. Um, uh, but you know, but but you know, one one that is one that's um, has has been relatively apolitical as a church body, um, but uh, in in but he's he's told me that he's seen um, you know friends of fr- friends of his parents, friends of the family, um, falling deep into the into these sort of QAnon or, you know, stolen election conspiracy theory rabbit holes. Um, you know, the, the, it's, it, it's not, confi- it's nor, con- it, it, it's a, it represents a kind of homogenizing of, um, of, 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 of a further homogenization of, of, I guess, of the conservative evangelical identity, which, you know, even, has undergone a certain degree of homogenization, but but all remained a, a pretty, you know, up close, a pretty diverse set of people coming, you know, come, uh, with. Uh, but I mean, <clears throat> both, um, I mean, economically, racially, um, you know, the the, the, the and it, it it ends it ends up being a, a pretty wide ranging group that that. Uh, Ends up supporting relatively conservative uh, policies, but um, the fact that they're sort of taking in even these um, relatively, even the this sort of traditionally politically uh, inactive segment uh, is seems to be a sign of of yeah of yeah like 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 Brunig argues the 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 politicization of what what is formerly a religious identity. Well, thank you, Daniel. Um, I want to ask a question, um, and I think 
you know, you point out something that was really, um, I, I think, important, you know, that these kind of political identities have overwhelmed and even just kind of become the primary identities uh, outside of these, you know, religious uh, faith identities. And I, I want you to speak to, you know, any, any message you would have to individuals that um, are kind of coming out of that or um, that are trying to kind of unwrap these two, that, that political identity from those religious identities. And I'm talking about people who, you know, maybe have, you know, uh, historic, you know, traditional biblical convictions, uh, but they, they, they realize that something's amiss, uh, whether it's, you know, Trump has kind of cued them into this or, you know, some of the other polarization they may be experiencing, uh, but they desire to live out their values and their faith in the public square, but are coming to a realization that uh, even though they may have some similar theological convictions as some folks on the, the, the extreme or the religious right, um, that there's a different way to go about advocating for this in the public square. Um, yeah, the, I think it's a, it's a different, I mean, it's a difficult question. And I think a lot, it depends, I mean, a lot on uh, the, the kind of communities that, uh, that, that a person's coming out of, uh, that, or that, that or the kind of communities that they were formed in and, and may find themselves now diverging from. Um, I think, you know, it, I, I, my own experience with that is, is relatively limited. Uh, I mean, personally, uh, just because being a Roman Catholic, uh, you know, I've, I've, I grew up in and, you know, I'm a member of, of a, a, a you know, a, it's a pretty politically heterogeneous um, community. Um, and, uh, and so the, it, it, it doesn't, one very rarely encounters the kind of uh, hostility that some people uh, might encounter in um, in, commu in communities that are that are uh, a little bit more politically monolithic, um, and you know, and 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 we have a, and we have a different definition of what church membership means. I mean, you know, you 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 can say you know you you can't get kicked out of you can't get kicked out of a catholic church where you know people can be kicked out of churches that that they've grown up in um and and they are all the time uh and and this is a really traumatic experience for some people and it's one that um and and i think the fear of that can really um be a, a barrier to some people who want to um to bear witness to you know what 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 seems to them like a um like like a a a really bad uh direction that that their their community that their church communities might be taking uh you know that that if 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 you can be re removed or isolated from a from a church community like that that you know that's a really legitimate fear um i mean i think i would in, in terms of um finding um biblical scriptural and traditional warrant for their reservations um i mean i think i i, mean, I would say you know don't 
don't be don't be afraid to look for that. Um, it's 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 there in it's there in scripture. It's there in in the in the in the writings of the of some of the earliest saints um, who warn us uh, in no uncertain terms about the the deep dangers of uh, of 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 drawing too close an identity between the, between the church and the state, um, and I think you you know I think these are um, these are concerns that I think you can express you can I, I think the the basis of these conversations has to be personal it has to be people you have a relationship with. Who and you know a relationship that it, that you think is valuable that is valuable that you both <clears throat> are invested in and that and that is that is going to weather uh, that is going to endure you know what might be a, a slightly stressful conversation. Um, I mean, I, I I am you know wildly on the political left and. Uh, and you know, and I, I have I have conversations all the time with with uh, with friends who are who are who are quite on the right, um, and uh, you know, those are conversations that we're able to have um, because we we because we have a, a re- because we have a relationship that you know where we can respect each other, and 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 not pretend that we don't that and we don't pretend that we that we really agree, um, and I think that's really important is. Uh, you know, acknowledging that there's a disagreement here and, you know, and determining what kind of disagreement it is. Because I think for, uh, you know, for, you know, for those, those of us who, you know, who, you know we, we know people who voted for the current president once, maybe twice. Um, the question is, you know, do we, you know, do we think is that, is that a is that a dramatic difference in values, or do we think, you know, that this person made an error in judgment about how best to live the values that they hold? Um, and I think, and I think that's a really important difference. Um, and I think, you know, if you and if you can frame these conversations with people as, you know, we have you know, we have, you know, we have these, these same values. We have, uh, we have this in common. We both, we both value, we both value the gospel. We both, uh, we, we both want to see, uh, we, we both want to see God's justice done on earth. Um, we both value the, imita- the imitation of Christ. Um, conversation about how to live out those values, I think become a lot more possible than, then the, the, it becomes a lot more possible than those conversations would between people who can't start from that point, who can't start from, from that shared place. In a lot of, I mean, in a lot of ways, um, political activism and evangelism are, are aiming at the same thing. They're both, they're, they both aim at, um, you know, what, what St. Benedict would call a conversion of life, uh, a, a, a transformation of the life of the person uh, in such a way that they that they that, that they that they start living differently in an important way, um, you know you you don't you don't just want uh, you know you don't just want somebody to to come down for an altar call. You you want them to 
begin begin the process of living in a new way to come into the realization uh, of uh, a, of a way of life that is that you know that is that is living in the kingdom of God. Yeah, that's well said, and and I think that um, I think especially right now um, the default seems to be from kind of from both sides. I've seen plenty um, is you know if you voted for. Um, the Republican candidate, then, you know, you're, that there's like such a unique evil in you that we just can't find any common ground. And it really is the, the opposite on the other side. Um, and yeah, I think, I think both of that missing the point of, you know, there is not really, there, I think there are, <laughs> as someone that is also on the political left, um, I think there's definite, definitely things that you can say um, about, you know, in, the, in defense of Democrats um, <laughs> that you can't say in defense of Republicans. Um, <laughs> but I was also really fascinated. Um, in April, you wrote, uh, this is maybe switching gears a little bit, but maybe it's on point. But in April, you wrote a, an article titled, Donald Trump is the Democrats Messiah. Um, I thought that was one of the most fascinating kind of surprising articles I've read in a long time. Um, I think that might've been the first article of yours that I read. Uh, it, it was a hook. Um, can you tell us uh, kind of what your thesis was by that? And, um, and kind of, especially in this moment, um, I think that offers a lot to us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed that piece. And that, that was my first piece for the bus. Um, hmm. I, um, I wrote that piece because I think I, I, I wanted, I, because I, I thought there was a way to, to frame uh, in, to, I, I, th I thought there was a way that, that theology could frame what I see as, you know, one of the really, um, one, of, one of the greatest problems with the Democratic Party as a whole and the way that it's approached this election, also the last election, and and um, it, which is that it has, um, it has you know it has absolutized Donald Trump. It has it has made uh, opposition to Donald Trump into you know the the the, the basically the, the sole yardstick of political morality, um, and. <clears throat> what that effect what that that what that does the effect of that is to say that you know that that uh whatever else democrats might be doing what, what whatever evils they might be overseeing you know however however much you know however much Rahm Emanuel was overseeing you know one of one of the most violent and racist police departments in the country yeah. uh and 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 overseeing just the 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 gutting of Basically, all social services in the city of Chicago, uh, including you know, public however much, education. <laughs> yeah. yeah, however much, or, or, and how, or however much, you know, however much Michael Bloomberg has, you know, built <laughs> hideous wealth, um, and 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 you know, uh, uh, and you know, basically, basically, you know laid siege to the black population of New York City um, with, 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 his, with his stop and frisk policies. And however, whatever hideous evils these people may have done, um, 
those uh, are, you know, made infinitesimal uh, and 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 effaced by the fact that they're they're opposing Donald Trump, um, and I and that's not, um, I mean that's not a view that that's not a view of the matter that I think any Christian can countenance. We are we are not we don't define ourselves by negatives, uh, and and this you know, and this is not like an this is not a you know a, this is not a piece of of like self help literature. This is you know. Uh, a piece of, of of very very traditional and conservative Christian metaphysics, which is that evil is fundamentally not real; it's a lack. Mm. Evil is is the absence. Uh, is is evil is an absence. It's a defect. It's not something God made. Anything that is is good because God made it. Um, what evil is is something that isn't, uh, in a fundamental sense. Uh, a, a, a person is evil because they because they they are lacking in the things that 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 that, that make a person a person, um, uh, as we as as we all do, um, uh, and so and you know and I think yeah by 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 absolutizing that I mean it it it, it is it's a form of idolatry fundamentally it's it's saying that you know the, the only thing that's real is this evil. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 goodness and goodness consists only only in opposition to it, as opposed to uh, you know a, a a more Christian and more sensible uh, moral framework, um, which you know sees 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 good things, sees the good, uh, and says you know we're going to go after the good because it's because this is a positive thing. This is this this you know it's and sees that you know you you oppose evil with good. You don't. Uh, you don't oppose. You don't. You don't. Um, you don't oppose it with nothing. Evil is already nothing. You. 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 And you. You. What you do with. What you do with lack is you fill it. This was none other than Fred Hampton. Was, you know. This was. This was a major formulation of the Black Panthers. You don't fight fire with fire. You fight fire with water. Fred Hampton mm-hmm. says you don't fight. You don't fight racism with 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 racial resentment. You fight it with solidarity. You don't fight. You know. You don't fight capitalism with capitalism. You fight it with socialism. Um, you 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 don't you don't you don't just set yourself against something that is fundamentally empty you 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 have to I mean, this this is yeah this is good evangelism you see what is lacking what is what is what people are in need of and you fill that void you 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 have to you you have to you offer people an actual concrete something um whether that's you know, uh, you know, for giving student loans or you know, uh, offer them unemployment assistance because we're in the middle of a global pandemic, or uh, you know, give, offer them healthcare, uh, which, which, they, which they don't have. Um, uh, this is because this is also good politics. You say, you, know, you say these. This is how life is going to get better if you, uh, you know, if you vote for us. And the Democrat and the Democrats were not doing that. Uh, it, it was purely, you know, well, this is bad and you have to oppose this. Like, okay, but what's in it for me? Um, I mean, one, a, a number of, um, one of some of the, some of the figures that people that, uh, you know, uh, that uh, alarmed a lot of people was that, uh, was that um, Trump, Trump made gains as opposed uh, uh in terms of in terms of his share of votes in virtually every minority group, 
in he, he increased number of votes from LGBT, LGBT people, increased number of votes from, from black people and from Hispanic people. Um, in many ways, in many of those instances, historical numbers, I mean. Yes, and, and, yeah. and you know, and I mean, we, we, we're gonna need a lot more, um, uh, we're gonna, you know, there's, there's gonna need to be a lot more data to figure out exactly why that, why that happened. But uh, there's been some, I think, very credible speculation of that, like, well, I mean, the, uh, it, it, his, his administration did in fact cut people $1,200 checks and pass a, and pass a, a, you know, a massive unemployment stimulus. Um, and, you know, that put money in the pockets of a lot of people who needed it. And, you know, the, 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 the and, you know, the, instead of instead of pushing for a lot more of that i think the democrats continued to push for you know just this this kind of purely oppositional narrative uh and you know i mean the man gave people something uh i think you know i I think ultimately for i think a lot of us most of us look at the big picture would say you know well you know, it's it's not worth all it's not worth all this other terrible stuff that's going on, um, but the he gave people something. Everyone's calculation, yeah. Right, 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 right. He, he right, he gave he gave people something that that a lot of people needed, and you know, maybe and maybe that and maybe that got him votes. Yeah. Uh, I think I think that's, that should be a pretty sensible um, hypothesis. Yeah, and I think this kind of converges uh, the point you're making with um, a point you made about Jeremiah's. Um, and I think you were referencing um, Matt Walsh's recent book, um, how it was kind of a, an attempt at a Jeremiah um, and, you know, just the, the most um, historical Jeremiah, um, and you brought that up, is that uh, sinners in the hands of an angry God. Um, and, you know, people read, read and quote the part um, of the sermon that Edwards talks about uh, the spider, and, you know, there's we're like a spider that God is dangling mm-hmm. over the, the hot coals or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you read like more than that sentence in that Jeremiah and, and in certainly in Edward's larger work, his strategy of evangelism of um, giving kind of giving an answer is, is not just, I mean, he's got more than just, you're going to hell. <laughs> He's yeah. got a lot more to offer than that. Um, and he, you know, I think this is where I've in many places in this podcast before I've kind of dogged on John Piper, but this is where I will fall back on stuff that I learned from him growing up is that is, that's kind of the hook that, that Edwards and Piper are always using is that <clears throat> there's something better. And I think, mm-hmm. in a you know, in a going back to your point on um, what the Democrats have done <laughs> in this moment is, yeah, it's only to say it's it's basically a, a whole moment of only for the last four years repeating the line about the spider over the hot coals instead of saying this is actually what these are the material uh, demands that we've heard and this is our plan. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's 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 it, it. They right. They don't offer. They don't offer an alternative vision. I mean, they explicitly. They in fact they explicitly 
declined to. They, uh, I mean, the whole premise of the Biden campaign is we're we're going to dial it back. We're going to you know we're going to dial it back to like 2010. Nothing like, will okay, change. but like, we're, right? We're going to dial it back to exactly the circumstances that got us here in the first place. Uh, well, yeah, I um, I feel like we could talk about this stuff all day, and I, <laughs> Daniel, I really appreciate your time. I do want to give you. Uh, speaking of um, speaking of bigger visions um you uh you were telling me before we started recording that you're working on um your kind of the last part of your phd work um tell us a bit about what that is and and um and how you're enjoying that oh yeah um <laughs> i'm sure this uh, part no, you, may, you may not enjoy a bit <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, I so I'm I'm yeah I'm I'm a classicist um, by training. Uh, I I work primarily on on Homer and on uh, archaic Greek poetry, uh, mostly epic poetry. Um, <clears throat> I my my big interest is in the is in the the ways in which oral poetry works because the earliest Greek poetry is is was not written; it's all orally composed. Um, and in how how oral poets um i guess convey information and convey poetic effect um convey characterization which is what i'm what my dissertation is primarily focused on uh you know in in, in you know at, in using the particular devices of 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 oral poetry uh, as a, you know as opposed to the you know, the literate poetry that we are accustomed to reading so that's that's generally my um that's sort of the gist of it um but this, yeah, it, it overlaps somewhat also with my, um, my, uh, my highly uh, liturgical streak, because uh, of course that this is this is what this is what this is what liturgy is. This is what it does. This is why when you go to a Catholic mass, everyone else seems to know what to, everyone seems to know what to do, mm -hmm. uh, because they know exactly the words that signal that like oh well this is what's happening now, um, and uh, so yeah that's that's <laughs> that's my own. A strange and uh, extremely niche uh, corner corner of the intellectual world. Yeah, that's awesome. And then somehow in between that, you find time to write all these articles, and you uh, have a very uh, engaging Twitter presence. Um, we'll we'll link to your Twitter handle on that <laughs> uh, on the show notes. But um, well, Daniel Walden, thank you so much for being on with us, and hopefully we can catch back up with you at another time too and, and have you back on. Yeah. Thank you both so much. This has been, this has been a pleasure. Well, Dran, there's a lot there. There was. <laughs> a lot uh, of good stuff. Yeah. I, I sat down with his, with kind of a, a bunch of the work that, that I could find um, of his last night. And yeah, there, you really have to be prepared because he goes deep and uh, there's, I'm used to kind of scanning articles and I'm not going to lie. There's reading, reading Daniel Walton's work is not really scanning material. That's you want to sit down and you want to go into real depth. And uh, there's a lot, he's, a very engaging and an approachable writer, but um, someone that will go all kinds of places that are very unique and um, 
and I was I was glad that he went that many different ways <laughs> when we were talking to him. Yeah, what did you think uh, th- this his comment, uh, which I thought was so interesting, uh, really sh- stuck out to me about um, evangelism and political activism sharing the same goals. Uh, what do, I'm curious, Casey, how like how did that strike you? Yeah, that was that was surprising um, to have it to hear it framed that way, um, and I think I think too there's always uh, that little extra kind of um, translation necessary. I mean, we're in the same long long tradition of. Um, little c catholic christianity and so i think i think when you talk about evangelism from a roman catholic point of view um, and i'm uh, have all of the the ideas and facts in my brain right now but um it's a bit different um than what you know those of us that were schooled in evangelical circles mean um but yeah i mean i think taking the gospel out um, and, and, you know, I think his kind of viewpoint of Marxism too is, um, is also informative in that, um, and that you don't take the, you don't take the gospel out, um, just so someone can make kind of a spiritual commitment, um, but that there is actual concrete, um, there's, the whole discussion is about concrete things. Um, so I think, I think in that sense, um, like a, if you're talking politically and Marxist terminology, um, you'll, you'll see a lot of discussion about the, um, about the material, um, uh, the material world and kind of like, you don't want promises, you want material, um, changes. Um, and I think, kind of in a more uh, 20th century Christianity, uh, kind of a neo-Orthodox um, understanding, you get that co- kind of language of being concrete. And I think there's a lot of overlap there that um, that is um, explicitly, I'd say, opposed to just kind of the spiritual, this over-spiritualizing of the gospel or over-spiritualizing then on the other side of politics. Um, so that's kind of a long answer, but it struck me too. <laughs> that was, it was an interesting way. What, 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 I'm sure you have some thoughts. Well, you know, I, I don't know. It, 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 it was interesting, um, you know, and kind of going back to our previous conversation with, with Sav, um, you know, it, it it did almost sound. I, I I saw some some interesting kind of parallels, maybe to what you know, doing versus you know, like if I were looking to start like a church plant, yeah, you know, like kind of starting with Bible studies and you know, uh, and, and kind of going from there, and and so. I think, you know, you know, I, I, I think something resonated with me with that that I think, you know, is is positive, 
but also that I think is also concerning um, as well. Um, and, you know, I think it, it, it for me, captures, and I think the positive thing, of course, is that, you know, because that is what I want the gospel to do. I do want the gospel, like, to actually change lives and impact people and impact communities, that, that, that ripple effect, you know. Uh, and so I think that is that is that is something I, I think that we would agree on um but the 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 cause for concern um that that kind of struck me was you know because you you get this particularly on the right right that you know these ideologies are either in comp competition with christianity or even would be replacing Christianity as kind of the the central central focus, and so that 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 does kind of that that bell was going off. I, I think uh, definitely, but um, so yeah, I, I, I thought that was was really interesting. Yeah, and and I think that's a really great tension to bring up. And and if I heard you right last week and and this week, um, I think also kind of Catholicism has something going back to Roman Catholicism um, has a lot to offer the rest of us um, who are in younger uh, little C Catholic traditions um, um, and the whole tradition of, um, of really being in the, in the 20th century, you know, you see people like Dorothy Day and the workers uh, movements coming out of um, Catholic um, Roman Catholic uh, communities and, and not coming out of them to leave them, but, but just arising out of them saying, hey, there is something that is wrong with the system that creates orphans. Um, we can have orphanages, we will take care of the orphans, but good God, what is going on in our society? And so they, they looked at, um, you know, workers' rights and in... And, and, um, and they, they were helping organize people, um, you know, th at the time too, you know, safety was a, was a huge thing. People were, were all, uh, workers were always dying from negligence on the employer's part, which happens thankfully less now than, um, than it did then. But um, yeah, you have this, this system of poverty um, that's also created by, um, by the same kind of owner class. Um, so class conflict and class struggle um, is something that the Catholic, Roman Catholics have been on that ball for um, quite some time. Um, and I think in ways that can instruct the rest of us, um, you know, that really strengthen their, their faith and strengthen their witness. Um, and they're able to work alongside um, atheists and they're able to work alongside Muslims and they're able to work alongside these these different communities that come in um, and and are able to be in solidarity with them again like we've said from the beginning of this podcast um, walk with them in solidarity the whole way but you know there it may be that the the group that you're working with is going um, to a different destination and that's fine um, we can stay ourselves but also join in with the work that others are doing um 
to really kind of address these systemic problems while we're um, dealing with the fallout on a on an interpersonal level. Yeah, and I'm I'm glad you brought that up because you know um, had had a good follow up conversation with Sav and you know in the Roman Catholic tradition, and I, I do think that's something that that is unique about the Catholic Church and. Uh, particularly when you talk about the witness and, you know, particularly when I think about the history of this country and race and the role the Catholic church, you know, uh, really played in, you know, educating African-Americans uh, both in the, in cities and in rural areas. Um, and, and, you know, um, you know, one, one thing about the Catholic church, this, this idea of, you know, the parish uh, and serving the people of the parish, and you know, um, you, you know the way you see First Baptist Birmingham pick up and move, uh, you know, when the demographics change or, or that sort of thing, or to kind of accommodate the white flight. Um, but the, there's something about the Catholic Church and that idea that you know we will be a witness in this. This is our these people, whether they are in the church or out of the church, they belong to us. We are here, um, you know, to, to, to serve them. They're our mission. Uh, and whether the community changes uh, to a, a Latinx community or, or, or uh, African-American community, uh, they, have, they are devoted to serving the communities as they are, not as they would have them to be. And I, I think I appreciate you, you bringing that out. Yeah. Well, on a positive note like that, Duran, I think we should leave it there for the, for the time being and uh, pick it up next week. Yeah, I think that might be the highest note we've ever ended up. I know, look at us go. You, you see, I'm all doom and gloom. and uh. <laughs> that's, that's a typical response after talking to me about politics uh, for any length of time. So I'm glad that we're ending better this time. <laughs> all right, Casey. Next right. time. Sounds good. All right, take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of Public Theologians. If you like what you heard, or even if you didn't but you felt like it was worth your time, we would greatly appreciate you sharing it with someone you know. We'd also love to hear from you, and if you feel so inclined, we'd gladly accept your support. Go in peace to love and serve.